Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another morning meeting. It is August 23rd. Henry, I think you have the overnight. I do, Chi-Chi. Thanks very much for that. We had a bit of a wobble last night in the US, starting the week with a bit of a wobble. There is some concerns about what Jerome Powell is going to say at Jackson Hole. There's a bit of data as well coming out on the economic front as well this week. And one thing also to bear in mind, which is somewhat concerning, is 10-year yields both in Australia and in the US and in Europe have been rising. And that is a bit of an issue. The 10 years in the US have gone through 3% and the Australian 10 years are back up to uh, nearly 3.58%. So that is certainly dragging the market down at the moment. For the record, the Dow fell 643 points or 1.92%. NASDAQ doing worse than that, 2.6% down. So clearly not a lot of bulls winning at the moment in the US. So the market continues to be a little bit concerned in the US about what Jerome Powell is going to say with his pivot speech. If he is going to make a pivot speech, I suspect it'll be a pretty blah, blah kind of speech, but the market is a bit concerned about that. So that was negative in the US. And we've seen gas prices in Europe pushing up, which is stoking inflation fears again. The positive for our market is in the resource sector, which is holding up very well. We are seeing that stimulus out of China. They are cutting rates and they are trying to push money into the property market, which is certainly helping our resources stay firm. BHP, the firmest of the firm ahead of their dividend next week, which they pay $2.47. So that's a monster dividend uh, for BHP. And it's really helping the rest of the sector. They're up around 1.6% alone. But certainly uh, at the moment, it's the best of times, the worst of times for our market. Resources going okay, not spectacularly, but holding up, whereas banks and industrials are falling away. So that is a big divergence that we're seeing in our market at the moment. So yes, nerves creeping in ahead of Jackson Hole. Thanks very much for that, Henry. And Tom, let's move over to you for the local markets. Thank you, Cheech. Well, the ASX 200 is following those soft US leads down 32 points. The index did break down through the 7,000 level, but has since recovered. Tech and energy names are the best performers. Miners bid higher as well. BHP and Fortescue both improving. Woodside and Santos up as well. Altium, ALU, is up more than 20%. They reported after the bell yesterday. So this morning was the first time the market had the chance to react to the better than expected results. Up 21% there. Consumer staples and discretionary names are the biggest weights on our market. Endeavor Group and Domino's both convincingly lower. The big four banks all weaker as well. Domain DHG is ex-dividend today off 1.7% and Telstra is ex-dividend tomorrow. On the economic data front, weekly consumer confidence improved 1.7% to 85.6 points. That is still below the 100 level, which is considered neutral. And we have some PMI data for August. Manufacturing and services both meeting consensus, those services data moved into contraction territory. And on the results front, Ansel and Monodelphus, the best performers, both up more than 6%. And Endeavor Group and Kogan, the worst performers. Endeavor Group, as I said before, down 7.5%. And Kogan off more than 6% there. Thank you, Cheech. Thank you very much for that, Tom. And let's move over to you, Leighton, for the brokers. Thank you, Chi-Chi. Just following on from that LTM result last night, there was an upgrade out this morning from Macquarie. They upgraded to an outperform recommendation and they lifted their target 
going price up to $31.40, which based on the closing price last night was 5% above the market price, but now it's obviously going to be lagging a little bit behind there. But moving on, I had Reliance World Corp and Nick Scarly, which both had some pretty good broker reactions this morning. I'll start with Reliance, that's RWC. Credit Suisse highlighted the guidance to a stable market in the Americas and Asia Pacific, the backlog likely to underpin FY23. The broker has an outperform recommendation with a target price of $5, implying an 18% upside. UBS has rated RWC with a buy recommendation. The broker finds that repair and renovation markets, as well as the non-discretionary repair market, are more stable. Reliance is exposed to these segments, which combined with declining raw materials prices could benefit margins going forward. The target price there is $5.30, which implies a 25% upside. And Morgan's, the other broker commenting this morning, with a little bit more caution looking ahead, they have downgraded to a hold due to slowing detached housing construction in the US. And the target price is lowered to just about in line with the current market price. And looking at Nick Scarly, the code for that one is NCK. City has a buy recommendation as earnings came in ahead of consensus and their forecasts for FY23 have lifted 26 cents. Target price is now sitting at $14.62, which implies a 39% upside. Macquarie with an outperform recommendation there, noting that the risk of spending shifting away from the category and increasing supply chain costs are lingering. They've retained their target price of $12.70, and that implies a 21% upside. And there was just one more downgrade there for Viva Leisure, that's VVA. They were downgraded to neutral at City, and the target price is 12 Thank you very much for that, Leighton. Ben, let's move over to you. I do believe we have some ideas for results coming up. Yes, I do. Thank you, Chi Chi. I've got a look at a couple of names reporting in the next couple of days. The ones we have looked at before, the Lottery Corp, TLC. Studies have shown, as we talked about before, lottery consumption is essentially recession-proof. Um, so that's good for those worrying about an economic downturn. Morgan Stanley is forecasting EBITDA to come in at $705 million in the results tomorrow. Morgan's is expecting a high payout ratio around 70 to 90% and a fully frank dividend, while Credit Suisse is a bit less optimistic in the short term, estimating that lottery dashboard sales have been down 17% in July compared to last year and adjusting the FY2022 revenue growth estimates to 9.4%. Though they do see that going forward, the company will benefit from each of higher player bases, wage inflation and adjustments in all lotto that allows for high incidence of large jackpots. So few tailwinds there. Unlikely to be any major shocks in the company considering it's had lots of boarding and disclosure through the emerger from CAD, but and is well placed by health and sustained performance in the current environment. And then the other one we've got is Thursday, Woolies reporting Woolworth WOW their code, of course. Brokers have been lowering the forecast across retailers as a whole, and Woolies do get lumped in in that, though it is generally accepted that the food and staples companies fare much better than those in the discretionary space. Woolies is a bit of an all-weather retailer, which is also well-placed to combat the economic headflins, inflation worries, etc. Obviously, you need to buy bread, milk, butter, all those things, regardless of what's happening. Looking ahead, the general consensus is the current share price already reflects a bit of an economic downturn over the next year or two, and there is little optimism showing in the target prices for the brokers. Among the key things to look out for in results are ongoing costs from COVID, effects of inflation and wage cost impacts, but similar to the lottery court, at least on a relative basis, fairly well in the current environment. 
Cheers for that, Ben. And Henry, let's head over to you for Henry's take and the ideas portfolio. I do believe you're taking some profit. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Gigi. Yeah, well, just to mess with Marcus's brain when he comes back to work tomorrow, I just thought I'd take a few profits in one or two things in the resource sector, which is holding up remarkably well on hopes that China is going to be stimulating. BHP, the big one there, which has come that big dividend. So that's holding up very impressively. And we have had results this morning from Pilbara, uh, which although costs are rising, does look pretty good set of numbers. So the resources continue to push higher, but I am taking a little bit of money off the table, which Marcus may decide was complete rubbish and put the money back on the table tomorrow. That is his prerogative. It's his ideas section. But just taking some profits in 29M, Sandfire, Mineral Resources is going okay, but there is obviously risk there. Pilbara, the results were pretty okay. Much of the bad news, which is the rising cost due to COVID and strip ratios has been in the quarterly. The stock is up a smidge on the back of that. Also, Macquarie's under a bit of pressure. So I know it's sacrilege to take profits in Macquarie, so just easing out of some of the risk in that portfolio. Of course, that could all change tomorrow with Marcus coming back on deck. But certainly for me, the risks are rising with uh, Jackson Hole at the end of this week. And then we've got uh, US CPI and of course FOMC in September. So we have seen a big leap in that VIX index, something we talked about in the morning podcast on the breakfast briefing. Uh, when it got below 20, it did look remarkably cheap and we have seen volatility in the US diminish, uh, although last night it was back 800 odd point trading range. So that was um, a bit of a guide. Our market did test 7,000 this morning. It bounced off it. The resources holding up very well, especially uh, BHP, but we'll see how that pans out. As far as uh, my stuff goes today and Henry's take, just uh, taking my medicine and Kodan stuff that one up, but also looking at lithium generally. I haven't changed my tune on the lithium story, but resources are there to be bought and sold and you can only sell them when there's buyers and at the moment it may be that the lithium sector has run pretty hard there are a number of ironic facts in lithium uh, production of course we're trying to green the planet by building out electric vehicles and, and electrifying the transportation but in order to do so we have to um, dig spodumene up from the ground or we have to evaporate lithium in the brine uh, that does cause environmental issues and the drought at the moment in china is playing havoc with uh, some of their issues with hydropower, which is driving some of the power to some of their battery material processing plants. So um, there are some issues as well in Germany with the drought. So climate change is already having an effect on lithium production, environmental concerns as well. So that's just going to keep the price higher for longer. But as I say, having run this hard, the lithium stocks, I've been relatively happy to take some money off the table and re-evaluate uh, when I get back from my leave. Thank you very much, Henry. Cheers for that. And do enjoy your holiday when you do go. Let's head over to our question of the day. Are you taking profits? And Leighton, let's start with you today. Not personally, I'm not taking profits. That's just a fairly long investment horizon or timeline. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any need for me to find. Thanks for that, Leighton. And how about yourself, Ben? Rinse and repeat pretty much. Long term, had the kind of the, the key things come up to put a bit of cash back to work and short term looks a little bit a little bit shake, which I'm sure Henry's gonna talk about, but nothing too concerning in the medium long term. Thanks for that, Ben. And how about yourself, Henry? 
I have, and I am uh, always happy to feed the gobbling turkeys. And my, my view was always that it would go between 7,000 and 71, then thought we'd pause and pull back. I haven't changed that view. Uh, obviously, the risks are rising as we end summer in the US and Europe, which is kind of the dog days we're approaching now. A lot more serious players return, volumes return, and it is possible that the bears will be back. I've always thought instead of a V-shaped recovery, we would get a W-shaped recovery and clearly we've had a pretty good bounce off those June lows, but it wouldn't take much for a very high inflation read in September to see us um, fall uh, quite heavily again as the June trigger set us off. So I'm just being a little bit cautious. Maybe that's because I'm not going to be here for a little while, but uh, I sold out the last of my PA holding in Core Lithium last week. Very happy to have done so. It was a nice ride and it's maybe the fact that I'm going away is colouring my view of the market, but it hasn't really changed. I still think we've got 6,800 to come as we've seen these bond yields rise, risks rise. China still seems to be in a massive funk and is just doing too little too late to arrest their economy at the moment. Thank you very much for that, Henry. Well, let's bring this morning meeting to a close. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Cheers, guys.